Yeah, I feel you. I I cannot. I I don't think I'd ever be in the middle of a mosh pit. I was once at um, JMU. I saw Literate Light, um, who they both graduated from there, so it's a two-piece, but it was really, really cool. That was actually the day before me, and you saw Jack Harlow that time. Uh, I think I remember you telling me about that. But that was the only time I've ever been in a mosh pit, and I don't think I would do it again. I got you. Um, Speaking of Jack Harlow, uh, my girlfriend Sierra and I are actually going to see him next weekend. Is that next weekend already? Yeah, the um, I think it's next Tuesday. Uh, do you have seats? It's at the Anthem, right? But you have seats up yeah. in the balcony area? Yeah, it's at the Anthem in D.C., and we have... I don't know what section number we're in, but I was not doing ter- I was not doing general admission for this show. Dude, you made such a good call. Um, I think I kind of touched on this with you before, but um, when I saw Beach House there, it was just ridiculous. The lines and just sitting outside for hours and hours to not even be that close and just have people stick their phones up in front of you. Terrible. Yeah, it's not. It it makes the. I would say unless you're younger, it makes the experience not as fun or as enjoyable because this will be the first time out of like four or five times I've seen Jack where we actually have seats and every time previously we've been crammed in general admission mostly because they've been in small venues, but I'm excited for his show next week. You haven't been to the Anthem before, have you? No, this will be my first time, so I'm pretty excited to... I know everybody I've talked to who has seen anybody there before, they've talked about it's a really cool place. Yeah, I've been there for two shows, and both times I was just really, really impressed. It's also really cool. Is that on a Saturday? What day of the week is the Jack show? Unfortunately, it's it's on a Tuesday. Are you taking off work? Well, I'm I'm getting off early. Um, hoping hoping to get on the road before rush hour starts, and then Wednesday morning. Um, I've requested to come in late, so I've got all my pr- uh, bases covered on that front. Yeah, it's just like, it's a really cool area. Um, and what's cool that you have seats, like, you can get up there a little early and you don't have to worry about jumping in line. Like, you can just chill. Like, there's a lot of, like, really cool bars and restaurants, and you're, like, right on the water up there. So it's, like, a really pretty area. Um, but that was, like, part of the reason what sucked about Beach House is not being able to really enjoy all of that because I got there so early, but then I had to kind of just jump in line right away. But Yeah, and um, I know he has, like, his collective. They're going to be the first uh, set of performers, and then after them is the, the City Girls. So I'm not <laughs> uh, I'm not too hyped up on that. So I know – I know um, – we're not going to be in too much of a hurry to get there. Just want to beat the traffic for the most part. Yeah, that's good. Um, so he has two openers? Yeah, so usually um, his collective uh, private garden, they have a group of four different guys, and they go by the homies. So they usually open up um, aside from whoever is technically touring with Jack, just because they're always touring with him anyway, so they're usually the first uh, first group to go on. I didn't know that was like uh, his boys, because uh, I they have a song that features him that I really like. Leaf Raps. Um, yes. Yeah, Leaf Raps is a really good song. I think that came out in like 2018 or 2017. I, I just stumbled upon it semi-recently. It's probably been a couple months now, but um, 
Yeah, I, I really dig that. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to them. It, it's really cool because they've been, um, it's documented that, like, how long they've sort of been rocking with each other. And from what I've seen, Jack hasn't really switched up on anybody who he's, he's or uh, he hasn't switched up on anybody who's been there um, since the beginning. So I think that's pretty admirable. He seems like a super level-headed guy. I'm sure the sobriety helps that. Yeah, of course. Um, well, well, speaking on that, the last time you and I saw him was his show. Was his last show in D.C. and he got, I believe that was his last show. He got faded uh, really early, and it just sort of made everything. Uh, what's the word? Uh, convoluted. Yeah, he went sober right after that, which is pretty crazy. I just remember he was like on stage, all fucked up, and he was saying like. You ever feel like you're in a foreign movie and you can't speak any English or something like that? But, I mean, I'm really glad that he went sober. Uh, I think it's been awesome for his career. I feel like it's pretty undeniable. But at the same time, it's almost cool to see, like, that last moment before he decided to switch up. Yeah, it's really really cool because it's – it almost – it sort of holds a special place because that's – that moment – whether or not it was positive or negative was a sort of a monumental moment in his career um because what was that in october or november i think uh yeah october i think because wasn't that that was when the nationals were in the world series i believe uh correct because he came out in your cousin's jersey yeah yeah shout out to my cousin calman um but yeah, like I was saying, it's it's whether it's a positive or negative thing, it's a monumental mo- moment in his career. And shortly after that, I think the pandemic started, um, I believe. And then right before the pandemic started in January, he put out "What's Poppin'" and that song sort of blew him blew him up. So yeah, it definitely uh, it definitely <coughs> took him to the next level. Um, he was already putting out like pretty quality music at that point, but it definitely brought him up to an A-lister. For sure. So, how long did it take you to pick your outfit out for this recording? Not gonna lie, it took me probably five minutes. Um, I was just sort of in a rush to, to get over here and get this thing started. Um, what about you? Two minutes. Maybe less. <laughs> I only had one clean outfit left. I got it's time you. to do laundry. Laundry day. Uh, is five minutes like an average time for you, or do you think in general you try to plan out a little bit longer? I'm usually, if I'm getting dressed up to go somewhere other than like work or going to work out or something, um, it, I'm usually planning my outfit for maybe 20 to 30 minutes at least. Do you try different things on, or do you just kind of plan it out and then just go for it yeah i'm for sure i'm for sure throwing different things on um i believe uh picking your outfit is is um it's a way of expressing yourself um so constantly if i'm getting ready for a get together an event or any social gathering i'm usually throwing on more than a couple of shirts maybe some different pairs of pants or pairs of shorts trying to see what works and Usually, um, I've got two to three pairs of shoes that I've got in rotation, and 
I would say on average, it's probably about 20 to 25 minutes worth of thinking and trying different things on. What about you? So I'm pretty much the exact opposite. I love to just, my number one goal is to be comfortable and then kind of like the look of of everything is number two. Um, but that being said, I don't want to look come out like looking like an idiot. You know what I mean? So yeah, I got you. There's definitely thought put in. It's not just complete like first thing I see I throw on. But yeah, but my number one priority is just always comfort. So very, very rarely will I have anything other than just like a sweatshirt and shorts on. Yeah. No, I feel you. And I think that sort of... Um that that feeling of comfortability I also get from trying on numerous outfits because I want to be comfortable in what I'm wearing. Not necessarily like cozy comfortable, but if I've got a fit on that I feel like isn't isn't really going with my um, how I'm feeling to express myself that day, I'm not going to be very comfortable. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely understand what you're talking about with that. Yeah, that and also like definitely just like actual physical like comfy coziness um but yeah i mean i try to like buy things that make me comfortable both ways like something i feel comfortable like generally speaking i'm more into like a baggy or like bigger clothing you know i don't like anything to fit me too well i guess is the word or too tight um but i definitely don't like look down on people or like make fun of people for wanting to express themselves with that way it's just not really my thing personally but I guess in a way it still is because I'm still trying to give off a certain vibe about myself you're expressing that you like to wear um, comfortable clothing or more oversized clothing clothing and I know when I was younger I was always rocking um, I was always wearing shirts that were too big for me sort of like um, when when Soldier Boy came out and he was wearing like the 3x pro club white t-shirts like uh, there's photos of me younger wearing polos that are like two times bigger than what I should be wearing, and I'm wearing I've got shorts down to like my calves or my my mid calf, um, and going through high school, I think I got more into like wearing stuff that I feel like wasn't oversized because I thought that was a goofy look on me, um, <coughs> and then recently I've gotten back into wearing more. Uh, I like the oversized t-shirts and little like a baggier t-shirt. I like the way that fits and. I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, and I also just love things that I can just wash and dry. Like, I feel like I have so many clothes I have to hang dry because I can't have them shrink. So I like to buy stuff, like, super oversized so I can just toss it in the dryer, make it a little bit easier. But, and I mean, as far as, like, I think where I, like, try to go the nicest is probably shoes. Like, I do enjoy having a nice pair of shoes. Um, What's the most, uh, What's the most expensive shoes you've got? Um, or what's what's the what shoes did you spend the most amount of money on? Well, I just got Yeezy slides. Oh, let's go! Do you have them or they're shipping? They uh, they're at Charlottesville. I got them. They fit. Thank God. I went a size up. <laughs> I was so scared they weren't gonna fit, dude. Um, because right on the app it says order at least a size up. Um, so. I just went one size above what I usually wear, and they fit like pretty much perfectly. So, that's awesome. Um, you got that on the uh, Adidas confirmed app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. I can't believe I won. I didn't think that was like actually possible to win, but it was a pretty cool feeling. Have you ever got? Have you ever um, 
bought anything from like Adidas through that app or through their online store? Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm kind of an Adidas guy. Like my uh, just kind of everyday like shoes I wear, like my tennis shoes and stuff I wear if I'm going traveling for work or anything. Those are Adidas. So, but I got those in store, so I don't know if I've ever actually shopped online before. I've tried to win Yeezys before on Adidas, confirmed, but just the slides, the shoes. I don't know. That's still too much for me to spend. <laughs> like over two hundred dollars on shoes, still just it's hard for me. I got you. Yeah, um, I've heard that on those lotteries, essentially, <coughs> and I don't know how much truth this is to it, but I've heard that if you're a, I guess, loyal customer or you've bought, you have a history of buying things on their website, they'll it's it almost gives you more entries into your account being pulled for whatever it is you're being raffled off. Yeah, so they have like these points on the confirmed app and it's like really hard to get them unless you win. So it's kind of hard to get your foot in the door, but at when I won those slides, like now I have like 800 points and I had like 40 before. So I think my chances went up pretty significantly if I was to try again. That's awesome. But um but yeah, I mean, I guess like 70 to 80 dollars is probably like what I would spend on shoes, maybe a hundred. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess just like I like to buy things that are nice but not too too expensive. I gotcha. Yeah, when I was in high school, um I bought that's when I bought my like my I guess my most expensive pair of shoes. One hundred and seventy dollars on a pair of uh Jordan eleven lows, uh the breads, black and red lows. Um one thing about spending that amount of money on a pair of shoes is it's tough to bring myself to want to wear them all the time. <laughs> so I don't want to get dirt all over them or get them scuffed up or have somebody stepping on them or anything. So it's almost, um, yeah, I don't know. Looking back on it now, I don't really regret it because I was pretty good at like saving my money growing up. And I had never really spent money on, uh, I guess, an impulse buy like that before. That's like my first real impulsive uh purchase so looking back on it I don't really regret it plus it's the only pair of Jordans I own and I can't really see myself buying another pair at this point in my life so they still fit you yes that's what matters I feel like as long as you're at the age like where your feet aren't going to grow anymore it's okay to start investing in shoes even if it's like you're while you're younger um, because you still have them now and you kept them nice I assume so they're still kind of a tool in the toolkit if you will yeah yeah I've, i would say i've kept them on ice I've, I've probably worn them maybe less than 20 times and i think i bought them probably in 2015 maybe i'm about to for another pair of shoes i don't know what what's next for me but the easy slides it they're pretty cool and they're very comfortable so it definitely is um right on cue with everything else that i like to wear I was happy about him. Yeah, yeah. I um, I had a friend try to sell me. He had a pair of Yeezy slides he was trying to get rid of. But he wasn't going to sell them to me for retail, so I wasn't feeling He was trying to make a little money on me, but I wasn't feeling it. Um, I, I could see myself getting a pair eventually, though. They do look really comfy, and I've only heard good things about them. What's crazy about them is, like, how they're, like, I feel like they're wearing, like, platforms because you're so high off the ground. Like, I feel like I've got like two inches taller wearing them 
but I haven't really gotten a chance to wear them out and about because the day I got them, it was pouring down rain. So I'm definitely going to wear them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, like, just stow them away, but I didn't want the first time I wore them out to be, like, wet and muddy. So they're still boxed up in my house. Yeah, plus plus $80. Plus $80. Um, to me, that's that's a pretty good price. I feel like now if... If I'm going out and I'm buying like a new pair of running shoes or something, I know I'm going to spend at least like probably 120 on them. And even in high school, and if it like if I needed a new pair of basketball shoes or something, um, before the season started, I knew I was going to spend probably upwards to like 140 on a pair of shoes. So, 80 dollars to me is a pretty good price. I think the the cheapest pair of shoes I've bought that I wore a bunch uh, were these these Reebok Classics. And they were all white with gum bottoms, and those things were so comfy. They had like uh, a cloud foam sole, uh, quality shoes, and they were, it was like one of the best come ups I've ever had on a pair of shoes. I think I remember <coughs> those shoes. Um, the The reason I like don't feel weird about spending seventy dollars <coughs> on slides is that if I'm not traveling for work, I'm working from home, so the majority of like my day to day activities and everything I'm kind of just like slides is what I wear for the majority of the day so I feel like I'm going to get a lot of use out of them and if they actually like age well and don't wear out too fast I think it was going to be a quality purchase yeah I mean they're almost I mean they're almost like slippers at a certain point which is um, which is cool plus like I said I've heard they're really comfortable so I could definitely see myself doing the same thing just just wearing them around the house what's the most expensive item article of clothing that you've ever owned is it this is it the jordans or did you pay more for a sweatshirt or anything Hmm. i think it's the jordans i think it has to be i don't think i think the most i've spent on a hoodie was 90 dollars and there it was really comfy it was a yeezy gap hoodie super comfy uh i think it's called uh, the perfect hoodie I know that, um, like, the hoodie I have on now, like, these Carhartt sweatshirts are pretty expensive, but they were both gifts, so I don't think I've ever really paid, like, a lot of money. Most of my shirts come free, like, companies we work with at work will send me free t-shirts and stuff, so that's the majority of my wardrobe, but I don't know. It's also kind of nice having a lot of the same shirts and stuff because it takes the decision out of it, and sometimes I don't have have it in me to really decide i just want to throw something on shout out steve jobs steve exactly. jobs was always wearing the, the black turtleneck and the blue jeans with the i don't know what tennis shoes he was wearing nike monarchs or new balances or something i'm not sure yeah it takes the decision out of it um yeah there's definitely some of that like i really admire that yeah and I, even speaking on what i was saying earlier about like spending so much time trying to plan out an outfit or at least thinking about what I'm going to wear. I've definitely also had that thought of putting all my clothes in bins or or getting rid of them and buying six black t-shirts, six white t-shirts, a couple pairs of the same jeans or like three or four pairs of the same jeans and just plain socks and rocking that every day, you know? There's like something freeing about that thought. Um, and I get closer and closer to it like every day because I just look at all these clothes I have that I've accumulated over the years and I really never wear any of it. Um, so I 
I'm starting to think like they could definitely have a better home, like take them to Goodwill or something. Let like somebody enjoy them because a lot of them are like you know nice, not super nice, but like you know it's all in good shape. Like and let somebody who's actually going to wear it enjoy it because I don't really need it, you know. I will say this: um, I value um, I value the idea of these shirts that I get when I go see an artist on tour or an artist comes out with a collab or something and being able to hold on to that item until I have kids one day and being able to pass that down to them, I, I think is really cool. Cause I, things like that, I feel like never really go out of style. Um, I mean, looking back now, I mean, I've gotten shirts from my dad that I really like that. And they, they, they are a little bit oversized. And I just think that that baggy oversized, um, vintage feeling t-shirt is, at least at this point in time, I I love the feeling of it, and I feel like um, being able to pass that down to my kids one day would would be pretty cool too. Yeah, I love the idea of having like all of my tour shirts to show them, um, and just kind of like have those memories forever. So when I see an artist that I really like, I definitely make sure to find whatever merch has all the tour dates on it. Although sometimes I prefer the designs of the just like the plain look, but I make sure to get one with tour dates just because I feel like it's more it has a long term value. That's the thing with the the tour merch too is not a lot of artists, or I would say most artists, the only way you're getting that merch is if you buy it at the show, or you know somebody in another state who's going to a show that you're not able to go to, or you're buying a bootleg and. I don't know. I mean, 50 or 40 or 50 years down the line, a bootleg might still look pretty cool, but it, I just feel like there says something about actually being at the place where the shirt was sold and having that uh, authenticity is says something. Yeah, I've seen a few artists that I follow start um, kind of opening their own online store. I always try to get it at the show if I can, but a lot of times, like, if I want a specific size or something by the time I get up there and if it's gone, but it's nice to kind of have that like to fall back on like, Oh, I could just open and order it online and still have it. So, and that's another thing like I've seen, cause I have seen that as well. Um, some artists open up their tour merch to the, um, the general public. I know Kendrick Lamar did that recently, um, for the Mr. Morale and the big steppers tour. I think it was like a week or so ago. He put out a collection of items that had tour dates on the back. And I think those shirts were sold. It was like shirts, hoodies, maybe some shorts were sold on the tour. But I don't think the shop included all of the items on tour. So if I know, if I'm going to see an artist that has already done a gang of shows, like before before they're coming to where I'm seeing them, I will try to find pictures of the merch they've had available. Or if they've already got an online store, I'll try to find something exclusively at the tour that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. I've uh, recently started <coughs> going for vinyl at shows as opposed to t-shirts as well, just because a lot of times it's either the same price or a little bit cheaper. Um, so if I don't see anything that has the tour dates, like I was saying, or anything that really speaks out to me, I'll grab a vinyl because there's still something nice about like, liking an artist and just purchasing their record you know and having it i know you feel that because you have a pretty decent vinyl collection yeah it's actually like plus it's 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 having that tangible item 
you know, especially if if you're getting it um, from a specific show and you're actually supporting the artist, not only by buying a ticket to the show, but the the sale of their record. I would assume they're they're getting the majority of that profit. So versus buying the record on some resale uh, vinyl shop online, which those stores are crazy nowadays. Like there's so many of them, but I mean. I'm glad there are so many of them because I grew up in an area where there wasn't really a vinyl store. I mean, the closest one to me, I, pr- I would probably have to drive 45 minutes or something. And as a kid where you're not driving until junior year high school or something, you miss out on so many years of being able to, like, I don't know, find new records and stuff. Yeah, I remember there was a pretty cool vinyl shop in um, Blacksburg. Did you ever go to that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I checked it out. I, c- I can't remember the name of it, but I went in there a few times. I, I'm not sure if I ever bought anything, though. They sold, like, vintage cameras and stuff, too. It was a pretty cool shop. Yeah. Shout out that place. Sorry, we don't know the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, it's cool to have a vinyl record collection. Um, it took me a long time because I was, like, s- kind of scared to get into it. But uh, my girlfriend, Logan... She got me a record player for our anniversary one year, which was cool because it really just like jump started. My, I was like, okay, let's let's do it, let's get into it. So now I try to get one at shows I go to, and I I picked up a couple from just like Barnes and Noble and stuff when I see ones that I really like. But yeah, overall I try to get them at the shows. Another thing I like to do is if the opener is good. I'll buy their CD. Most of the time, they're like five to ten dollars, and I feel like for bands that don't have a established following, it's a nice gesture. And I also really enjoy the music, so it's not like I'm just doing it out of pity or anything. You know what I mean? Like if they impress me, I like to get it. Yeah, I feel you. Um, what would you say is, well, what's the last vinyl you bought, or what is your out of out of your collection, um, what it, what would you say is like your favorite or your most prized at the moment? The last one I bought, um, the Beach House album "Depression Cherry" came out on vinyl again, like repressed. So I snagged that up really fast because those come and go really quick. So they were gone within like three or four days. So I grabbed one of those. Um, most prized. I don't know. It's it's really tough. I do have the latest Beach House album, and the reason that one was cool and holds kind of a special place is I got it when it came out. So it had that feeling of, like, this record came out, and I went and bought it. You know, it's not an old Led Zeppelin album that I've, that's been around for years. Like, it was brand new, and I saw it and bought it. So that kind of had some cool feeling to it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that feeling of of going out and buying an album is 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 pretty refreshing. Did they um did you buy it in stores or was the vinyl like when the album came out was the vinyl already available on like the the band's website? I got that one online as well. Um, through the, but was it immediately when the album came out they had it available? Yeah, they had it available. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I think like you could o- even pre-order, which I didn't do, but yeah, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, it was just cool to get something, like, kind of grab it as it's still, like, brand new, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just a kind of a cool feeling to own something 
an album as it came out as opposed to just like hearing it a thousand times and then buying it. Yeah, I got you. I feel like um, most of the artists I'm listening to today, if they're putting vinyl out with their albums, they're not doing it when the album comes out. And I think they're waiting to see how the album's received to see if it's worth pressing the album on vinyl, which I which I don't really like. But, um, but speaking of pre-ordering vinyl, I actually just pre-ordered... Um, I guess it was a week ago now. Uh, Pusha T's recent album, uh, "Almost Dry" or "It's Almost Dry." I, to me, that's that's my uh, that's my rap album of the year. Really love that record, produced by uh, Kanye West and Pharrell. Yeah, I loved it. I've only listened to it all the way through, two maybe three times, but really good album, and that's a good one to own. That's a really cool one to throw on. Yeah. I've I just, I feel like I find myself playing that album, like, almost once a week. Um, either throwing it on shuffle or listening listening to it uh, start to finish. Um, really, really great album. I think a lot of people are, in terms of uh, rap albums this year, I think a lot of people have already forgotten about it because there's a lot of artists have dropped albums this year. And that album sort of came out at the start of the year, I believe. Um, but yeah, great album. Yeah, I would say um, for the last album I, I purchased and I have now, aside from the one I just pre-ordered, uh, I bought Mac Miller's Macadelic, uh mixtape on vinyl, and it was a 10-year anniversary. Uh, I bought it off his website. It, was, it came with a uh, Macadelic tour shirt, so I was pretty hype on that. Um, love Mac Miller. For my favorite vinyl that I have, I would say it's probably... Um, uh, College Dropout by Kanye West just because that was his his debut album and I don't know it, it was it was really when he first came onto the scene for his rapping ability instead of his producing because at that time he was sort of looked at as only a producer because he was producing hits for um, one of the biggest rappers at the time uh, Jay-Z and he's, he's still a legendary artist but I didn't realize that there was ever a pressing of College Dropout um, because I saw a couple pop up online, and but everybody was saying to kind of stay away from it because most of them are bootlegs. But you're saying yours is like a legitimate pressing of it. As far as I'm concerned, um, my girlfriend Sierra bought it for me for, I believe, my birthday. It was either my birthday or Christmas, and um, I n- I know I I can't imagine she would have uh, been able to look around online for a bootleg. I'm I'm assuming she got it from from Target or something. And it sounds good. Yeah. That's what's important. Yeah, it sounds good. And, and it's got um some album artwork and stuff to come with it and everything. Yeah, as long as the sound's good, then, you know, <laughs> who cares even if it is bootlegged? Yeah, I've actually, uh, speaking of, of bootlegged uh, Kanye albums, I, um, I've got three, three different bootlegged Kanye albums. I've got Yandi. I've got The Life of Pablo, which is, that album just never got pressed. And then I also have Yeezus, which is another one of Kanye's albums, which I think is top three Kanye. Um, that album also didn't get pressed, but uh, yeah, I remember you showing me the uh, Yeezus one, and I thought found it interesting that it was like 
kind of a play on the cover because it's just like a clear cover, right, with the red, and then you can see the actual vinyl on the inside? Or is it show the CD on the outside? That's actually Jesus is King. So my Jesus is King vinyl has this, it's, um, the vinyl's blue, and the the cover, the case it came in is just like a plastic sleeve, and it's, it's, it's I mean, it's see-through. The Yeezus vinyl, um, it's just the, it's the same CD cover that you see if you're streaming it on Spotify or Apple Music or any other platform. Okay, yeah, so I was thinking of Jesus is King. Um, um, definitely a underrated album overall, I think. I think it gets a lot of hate for really no reason. Jesus is King? Mm-hmm. It's, I think it gets hate because of the title, to be honest with you. That's fair. I think a lot of people um, were taken aback by it. But I think, I mean, looking at his entire discography, I really like the album. But, I mean, I think each album he's put out, I, I hold in a pretty high regard. But I do think in terms of his, like, rapping and everything, it probably sits lower on the totem pole. Um but yeah, G- Jesus is King. He recorded, I believe, he recorded that entire album out in uh, in Cody, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like kind of went off the grid for a while, right, and lived over up there. Yeah, he had his. I can't remember how much land he had, but um, he bought like his own ranch and everything. And um, one of the songs, or two of the songs from Jesus is King, uh, closed on Sunday and follow God. He uh, he shot both of those videos out there on his ranch and. Super, I mean, those videos are pretty cool just because it's, it's such a beautiful place out there. But I don't know. I think he was also flexing how much land he owns because in some of the shots, it looks like he's standing on like on top of a mountain that he owns and everything. So for me, that would definitely be like a life goal. Um, do you see yourself as someone who would move out that far away and own that much land? I would. I think owning land is w- is a great investment. Uh, I don't know if I could see myself getting to something like that. I would love to if the opportunity presented itself, or, or if I if I won the lottery or something. I'm I'm definitely buying land out that way, um, either Wyoming or Montana or maybe I think Idaho is pretty beautiful as well. Um, someplace out there, I could definitely see myself buying land, and I like the idea of. Um, I would say, not that I like the idea, but I don't like the idea of living with people, like, directly beside me or especially strangers or unless it was family or something like that. I I really don't like the idea of living in a compressed area with people, like, living right next door and everything. Yeah, I I think it's a goal of mine as well to kind of have enough land around me to not see my neighbors, Um, not necessarily, like, that level where I have like you know 500 acres or whatever but um, just not being able to see my neighbors has kind of always been a goal of mine I do have another question for you though what's the deal are you a fan of when people put a fence up around their yards say it's like a kind of a semi crowded neighborhood not not one where all the houses are inches away but one where you have enough land that you don't really need a fence but you put one there anyway. I'll be honest. Like growing up where I grew up, there I never really had a need for a fence. Um, the only time we've ever had a fence is is uh, we we would we had an invisible fence for our dogs and stuff. But I never really had to put up a fence for 
privacy or anything like that. But I do think if I lived in uh, like a suburban neighborhood or a subdivision or something like that, I could see myself putting some form of privacy barrier up. But I also just don't think it looks that appealing. Um, like, and I guess it depends what kind of fence you have. I'm not a, I wouldn't even say I'm a fan of like white picket fences or anything. I think that, I feel like growing up, I, I would always hear about like, I don't know, having a nice uh, kept after lawn with a white picket fence and like this, I don't know. Not sure how to describe it, but this the stereotypical uh, nice house and, and everything like that, if I'm making any sense. But, um, but yeah, what about you? See, I don't know. I, I see, like, some of my neighbors here because um, I'm staying with my parents right now. Um, they... There's some neighbors around here that have fences around their yard, and I never really thought that that would be something that I would want to do, but the more I think about it, it is kind of nice. I'm not a fan of when people, like, put those really tall fences up to, like, completely block out everything, but just, like, you know, like the classic kind of farm fences, I guess. I think it's a nice look, and it gives you a little bit of privacy, And but I think more than anything for me, I just like the way it looks, like, makes everything a little bit classier almost like gated in a way yeah i've heard um i've heard that like having a fence can increase your property value um i don't know and the thing with those with those fences that almost act as walls or like like for privacy and stuff i i don't think i would like the feeling of being boxed in like that looking at a fence as a wall um like when I'm driving on 66 or something, I see those reta- like big, big retaining walls that are supposed to block out sound, and I can see houses on the other side. I can't, I could not imagine seeing myself living in one of those houses. I could never live next to a major highway like that. Um, I need a little bit of side streets between me and any kind of major road, but especially something like 66 where you have to build a wall just to keep the sound out. I just feel like you would never get really any like true peace you know like that just that really like quiet feeling you have uh, a bit of land around your place now right yeah um my girlfriend and i we we bought a place a few months ago and it's two acre lot and that's the thing i mean i see i see people they'll fence their their property boundary but for us in our case um we pretty much have a tree line uh, that runs our entire property boundary. So there's really, we have that like natural looking fence. I mean, I guess it sort of acts as a fence or a line of some sort, but the fact that it's trees versus just fence, uh, I like that aesthetic a little more. And I think it, I, I, I do think it looks nicer than just having like fencing along the way. Plus with, with fencing, it sort of adds more work for your, uh, cutting the grass and string trimming around the fence and stuff. It adds a little more versus just being able to to go straight over the line with your lawnmower or whatever you're using to cut the grass with. Um, one of the pros of living in an apartment, me and my girlfriend have an apartment in Charlottesville, is there's no upkeep as far as the lawn, but we do lose 
having a yard. I miss having a yard because we had one in college, um, and I miss that for sure. But luckily, we're still pretty private. Um, our balcony is facing away from the parking lot, whereas some people like living on the other side of the building, their view from their balcony is just the parking lot. Um, so thankfully, and you've been to my place, so you've seen kind of the view from it. Thankfully, it's still pretty private, but yeah, I definitely cannot wait to have land. So that's a life goal that hopefully comes true soon. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, well plus you have a nice view. You have like a nice little mountain range view too. Um, yeah, I can't complain about the, the spot we're in now. It's a beautiful area. Um, and like I said, it's still somehow pretty private, even though we're in an apartment building. We only got yelled at once by our neighbors, so it's going so far, so far so good. Yeah, have you ever, um, have you ever like driven through the town of Reston before? In Northern Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I, I could be wrong, but I believe that's like the first planned, or one of the first planned like housing communities in the country. I think, I like I said, I could be wrong, but um, I was actually working in that area today and. Some of the there are some there's some pretty cool looking houses there, um, but I, I just go back to the same thing about like having your neighbors being able to like because some of the houses they have like trails that um, like paved walking running biking trails like throughout this one area and um, some of the houses that are sitting right along that trail they just have these big it, these big huge window like pure glass windows and everything and I think that house would be cool in a different setting, but like having a trail that's going literally right through the backyard. I, I don't like the idea of somebody just being able to look inside my house from 20 feet away, you know? Yeah. And, and in an area like Reston and kind of higher end areas, my thing is if I get to that point in life where I can afford like a nice big house like that with a big outdoor space and stuff, I'd want to be private. I wouldn't want to have to worry about neighbors if I'm at that point, you know what I mean? Um, like, I want to, I would want to be able to have friends and family over and go late into the night enjoying, like, an outdoor space and not have to be, like, apologizing to people the next day and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you could you could take that $1.2 million or, or whatever you're going to spend that for a nice home there, and it could go a lot further if, if you live somewhere maybe a little further south or something or just out, out of such... Uh, an expensive area to live and I think you would find more joy in having those amenities like a nice backyard and a uh, little bit of privacy and patio space, deck space, things like that. I, I've never had a parrot, but I've had a, I've had a buddy who, I don't know if it was a parrot or parakeet, but it was one of those birds that uh, like <laughs> talks and can, can repeat your conversations and things like that. How do you, how do you feel about parrots? Um, I'm kind of, like, really big on parrots being able to talk. Um, I don't think I would have one as a pet, but I've always kind of been astounded by the fact that they can speak. Um, and I can't lie, I've definitely dug into it a lot more recently. Um, do you know, like, anything about parrots and why they can speak? I wish I did. I just, like I said, the only the only real experience I've had with with a bird similar is, is one of my buddies, he had one and I know I would go over there growing up and the bird the bird would say things like shut up and 
different stuff like that that I guess it just picks up on conversations from whoever's around it. So from what I've kind of like gathered this far is parrots are naturally like super, super social animals. So they're going to try to build a connection with whatever they're around, whoever they're around. And kind of naturally, like when they hunt for food, at least like this is just one breed of parrot, like the the kinds you think of when you think of a parrot. Um, They go out in groups and the groups kind of develop their own language to be able to find out like where they are like and when i say own language i don't mean like they're speaking but they're making the same sounds so that they can communicate with each other while they're like flying over the forest so what are they just are they making regular sounds that birds make or yeah pretty much i mean you know like how they like you know what a parrot sounds like if it's just making its own like natural noise i think so kind of just kind of like a just like a, a bird caller yeah yeah um what about the do you know anything about like because uh, I feel like the colors of parrots I feel like when I think of a parrot I feel like they have vibrant colors um yeah for sure I don't know much about like I guess that could probably also tie into the fact that like as they're hunting for food in the rainforest like being able to see each other and communicate because they're just very social animals Uh, yeah and that's why they'll mimic human sounds if you have one as a pet because it wants to build that same connection with you as it has with other parrots um so essentially it's just kind of bored and it wants to make a friend with you so it makes the same sounds as you that's neat yeah I, i can't say i know much about parrots but that's it makes sense to me um because i don't know why else they would you know, the reasoning that you're explaining makes the most logical sense to me. Yeah, they're trying to build a connection. But what I found, like, really astonishing is, like, they're, they can assign meaning to this, the words. So while they don't necessarily, like, understand, you can't ask it what the word hungry means. But if with training, you can teach it that if when it tells you it's hungry, you'll give it food. So now it understands to make this sound, which is just it's saying, I'm hungry. And that it'll know that that's how it gets food. But to it, it's just making a sound to get food. But to you and to like listen to it is saying, I'm hungry, which I found crazy. Or if it wants people to get away from it, it could tell like one at a zoo could tell people walking by like, just fuck off, you know, (laughs) just because it knows like. That's a way to get people to go away from it. So the way it can assign meaning is like just crazy to me because like monkeys can't talk and they're the closest to us. But if you think about like how close a bird is to us versus a monkey, but the bird is the one that can talk. That is really interesting because when you when you were talking about like like it being able to associate words to, to true meaning, I started thinking of like dogs I've had and they don't they the only way they can really communicate is if and i guess there's a way to train them to to communicate in other ways um but usually like if my dog needs to go to the bathroom or something it usually just looks at me and cries a little bit and then i know oh, he needs to go out and things like that and i feel like most most other animals they don't really have another way of communicating unless you've trained them i've heard of uh some other dogs 
they have this thing called bell training where you just keep a bell by the door. You just keep a bell by the door and um, train them to, when they need to go to the bathroom, they'll like hit the bell and let them go. But even then, it's not, they're not actually saying words, which I think makes a parrot pretty unique. And parrots are one of the only other animals to use their tongue to form sound. Like, it, sound will come out of the parrot, and most animals it just comes out, I guess, kind of naturally is a way to say it, but they don't shape it with their tongue um, the way we shape it with our mouth. And But parrots are one of the only animals that do that. And that's, like, kind of, I guess, scientifically how they can talk. Um, because they share, like, as far as, like, their voice box and everything, it's the same as other birds. And you, it's pretty easy to tell, like, birds have a pretty crazy way of making sound. Like, if you just think about the sounds a bird makes, just anything, like a cardinal or anything, like, the sounds it can make are pretty insane. So it obviously has to have a different voice box than, like, a person would have. And it's just like kind of all the, like the anatomy of it is just a little bit different, but but yeah. So knowing what you know now about parrots, would you ever see yourself having one in your lifetime, or no? Me neither. Um, I've heard that they just scream <laughs> like all <laughs> the time, and this is also kind of crazy. Do you know that parrots can live for like fifty years? I did not know that. So if you get a parrot, that's like, you're going to have one for a long time. You have to commit to a 50-year... Like, that's like... If I had one now, I'd still have it when I was 75 years old. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a high chance it outlives you, which is crazy. Is a, what kind of... Do you know what kind of animal a parrot is? Like how... It's how a bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, that was a stupid <laughs> question, right? But I've heard, I've heard of... Um, there were some turtles or tortoises where they'll live over a hundred years old that's like you get it knowing damn well that it's gonna outlive you yeah which is really crazy that it's gonna outlive you but what do you mean when because like a turtle's a reptile right yeah what's a bird just a bird i think (laughs) i don't i when i when i started this it made sense to me but then when you said it's a bird i'm like are birds and reptiles their own thing yeah i think so there's mammals, reptiles, and birds. birds. Okay. Amphibians. What about like a pterodactyl? It's a dinosaur. <laughs> but it's a bird. <laughs> right? Isn't there something that um, chickens are like kind of the closest relations to dinosaurs that we have? Did I hear that somewhere? Maybe the closest domesticated. I feel like there has to be something else. Right? Because... Uh, I don't know, actually. Well, I thought, like, crocodiles or alligators were. Let's look it up. Or maybe even... Um, mm-hmm. I'm on my Jamie shit right now. Thanks, Jamie. Birds are commonly thought to be the only mammals around today that are direct descendants of dinosaurs. So it is a bird. You said chickens. There you go. All those squawking chickens are actually the closest living relatives. Wow. Thanks, man. There you go. 
Good job with that. That's pretty smart. Shout out birds. Wow. Would you ever raise chickens? Mm. No. Probably not. <laughs> no. They're just such a pain in the ass if they get out. I took care of a friend's a friend of mine uh, had chickens and like when his family would go out of town, I would take care of them. And it was super easy, but unless you left the door open too long and one got out and you'd have to chase it around the <laughs> whole yard. <laughs> Did that happen? Oh yeah. Oh man. But um, were you nervous you weren't going to get it back? Absolutely. Yeah, I I don't think. I I would get worried about like the predators around that would want to eat the chickens. I was just about to say, uh, rest in peace, those chickens. Because I'm pretty sure a coyote got in. And it was Sad. a bloodbath. Those coyotes are smart. Have you? Um, there's this brewery that I've gone to before, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but at the brewery, um, they have chickens around. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have chickens around, yeah, and they also have, and I think this was a dog that. I think this this was a dog that one of the work employees or the owners of the brewery had. The dog got the chicken and it killed the chicken. And everybody was just <laughs> mortified <laughs> because the dog ate the chicken in front of everybody. So I don't want to uh, cut you off, but I was there for that. <laughs> well, I think it's happened more than once. I, I saw it happen. I was about two seconds away from seeing it happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it's old trade brewing. Shout out. Oh, duh, you threw him under the bus, <laughs> man. I can bleep that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's old trade brewing. Uh, <laughs> cool brewery. It's a great place. Good beer. Um, so, these people walk in with this huge dog. I see them come in. And I, like, notice that there's chickens walking around. And <laughs> I just don't want to get this story wrong. So I'm there drinking beer, see the people walk in. I go inside to order another, use the bathroom, whatever. And on my way out, the people with the dog are just walking, like, the other way. Like, they're leaving. Dog's like, not on a leash. No, it, it, uh, it is on a it leash. It is on a leash, yes. So they're just walking out, and they look, like, pretty pissed off. <laughs> and I was like, that was weird. They just got here. <laughs> and so I <laughs> I come around the corner, and there's just this pile of feathers, <laughs> just huge pile of feathers. And I was there with my sister and a couple of her friends, <laughs> and they were like, the dog ate the chicken. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The owners of the brewery came out and started yelling at the people. Oh. And they were like, you need to pay us money because your dog just ate our chicken. Yeah. Took, well, the chickens lay, like, a lot of eggs, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, apparently it was like a big fight between the people with the dog and the owners. And they were like, you shouldn't have chickens walking around this brewery and allow dogs. Which, Valid. there's some truth to that. But, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I saw that happen, and I just wish I could have seen. I I'm glad I didn't see the chicken actually get eaten, but I would have loved to seen the fight afterwards. <laughs> and apparently, they got into it about like the price of a chicken because they were like, "You need to pay us X amount of dollars." And then the person with the dog was like, "Well, 
chickens don't cost that much. Yeah, just go to the farmer's market and give them a whole chicken for 12 bucks or whatever. But that is crazy because, well, I think it's a reoccurring theme because I swear it happened once when I was there as well. And I know you weren't there when I was there. But if, if that is the case, man, you'd really think they'd put those things in a pen or something. Yeah, they uh, they need to figure it out. That's why I couldn't believe when you started telling that story because I thought that it was just something that I had told you before. But, I mean, it makes sense that it would happen a lot because it was, I mean, it's dogs and chickens. And probably people not really giving a shit what their dog does, which especially is a pretty common theme. Especially if they're just drinking beer and hanging out with the, with their friends and all that, you know? Yeah, they're not watching their dog. They're just, especially yeah. if it's like on a very long leash. like. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Because, I mean, how d- how do you how do you assess the value of a chicken? You know what I'm saying? If it's laying eggs for you and you're getting X amount of eggs a week or whatever and how long you've had that chicken for and how long, like, how many years did you have with that chicken left? You know what I mean? Because I feel like the numbers could get pretty high at that rate. Yeah. It <laughs> seems like it. there's a lot of numbers involved. You need to take it to court, try to figure out what the actual value of this exact chicken that's now dead is. But I guess you don't know because it's kind of just a pile of feathers at that point. Pile of feathers. <laughs> yeah, man. That sucks, but maybe... Maybe you should uh, either not allow dogs or have sh- have. I mean, I love dogs. I would hate to see people not be able to bring their dogs to a brewery. But you, you can't you can't have a brewery without dogs. Exactly. Well, and, but you could have it. I've been to plenty of breweries without chickens running around. <laughs> yeah, that seems like something that needs to be fixed. And I don't. I've never heard anybody complain about not being able to get scrambled eggs or anything at the at the brewery. Well, I mean, they can have chickens just fence them off right. better than yeah. they do. No. Obviously, they're not fenced off, right? Because they're kind of just roaming about, you know. Yeah, it's tricky. You have a dog. I do have a dog. Give him a shout-out. Shout-out to Guinness Boy. Um, his Instagram is Pictures of Guinness. P-I-T-C-H-E-R-S of Guinness. G-U-I-N-N-E-S-S. Go follow that boy. Um, he's he's eight months, and uh, we're not sure what breed he is. Uh, we got him from a rescue at eight weeks, and they told us that he was a uh, some kind of lab mix, but we think he might have some husky or cattle dog in him. So I think around the holidays we're gonna we're gonna buy one of those DNA kits and get to the bottom of it. Do you think he has husky or cattle dog just because of his energy level or? I think, um, I think. Well, we took him to a trainer, and that's sort of what uh, the trainer was telling us what she thought it was. And I know that she's had a lot of experience around dogs and things, but um, I think it's it's less that I think he's one of those two things, and more I know he's not a lab based on like his facial structure and the way his his nose is sort of the way his nose is and things like that. But um, I think his he's got like a curled tail. I think that's some, a little bit of husky maybe, um, and his his seams he's got pretty thick fur, as well, and he got hot pretty easily in the summertime. So I'm glad I'm glad the cooler weather's here now. I'm pretty happy that it's um, starting to get cold as well. Yeah, I feel like it. Um, I was talking with one of my coworkers today. I feel like it, it sort of happened pretty quick, which I'm not complaining about because falls 
fall and the cooler temperatures. That's like my favorite time of the year, it seems like. But um, I just felt like we had one week that was like in the 70s and it went back up to like 80s. And the next week it was like 50s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was sitting outside a little bit earlier today um, before you got here and I was cold, which I was so happy about. Um, so October, cold weather. Are you a Halloween person? I'm going to be honest. I think um, I think Halloween's a little overrated. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy uh, a good Halloween party every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely one of those things that people get way too excited for. Um, including my sister. Shout out, Steph. She's a Halloween person, but I'm definitely not a Halloween person. Uh, to be honest, and I'm not trying to sound too like Debbie Downer, but I really hate Halloween. <laughs> I hate dressing up. Like I hate the whole the whole thing about it. Um, but parties are usually always big, and it's always good to spend time with friends that you don't necessarily see for other occasions. Yeah, I just um. I feel like that's all, I guess once you get past a certain age, Halloween is just a time to get dressed up and go party with your friends or whatever. Um, I know when I was younger, I thought it was cool because I go trick-or-treating with friends and stuff, but as I got older and like got into college and I think it was freshman year or sophomore year, I think sophomore year, I went to hang out with uh, one of my buddies at JMU, shout out Will, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I had always heard that J like uh, Halloween at JMU was was like a pretty notable thing, um, but and and I had a good time and everything, but I just for some reason I think my expectations were super inflated for some reason, um, and I don't know why because how like I said how I think Halloween's a little overrated, but um, I don't know I. I I won't say I like dressing up in costumes and stuff, but I kind of like the idea of um, like when I was at when I was down at Tech and everything. I like parties that had a theme that you could dress to if you wanted to, even even if you put forth like very little effort. Um, I do like that idea, but I don't know. Like this year, I couldn't. I don't really see myself wanting to dress up as anything in particular. If I were to go to a Halloween party, which I think we might be, but. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna dress up as, you know. Yeah, I th- like my junior year of college, I kind of reached like peak douchebag, and I wore a sweatshirt that just said costume on it. Um, but I don't know. I kind of liked it. I, li- I I loved it at the time, but like looking back, it definitely feels a little douchey. But, um, and like kind of like I'm being too cool for Halloween, but. At the end of the day, like, I just hate it, and I hate to dress up, so I was kind of just trying to do the bare minimum, I guess, but this year and last year, I kind of got off the hook from dressing up because I go out to Las Vegas for a big conference for work um, the first week of November, and it usually starts, like, November 1st, so we fly out before Halloween even gets going. And 
like obviously if I wanted to go nuts and party in Las Vegas with Halloween I could but it's just not for me so I usually kind of get to enjoy a pretty quiet evening yeah I got you wait when do you say you normally fly out before Halloween generally speaking just kind of f- depends on what day it falls on because mm-hmm. like if it starts November 1st and that's a Monday like that's the situation this year. So we're flying out Saturday, the 30th. So Sunday, I think I'm getting my days right. But either way, it's either Sunday or Monday. That's the 31st. So if it's Monday, like, I'm just going to be working right. and then enjoying the evening. But Yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, Halloween. I remember this one, this one tweet Kanye had about Halloween. And um, he said, Halloween is the only day you're not in a costume. How, how does that make you feel? Dude, <laughs> that's really funny. Like, is there any truth to that? I guess so, but I'm more imagining Kanye just doing it and, like, laughing while he tweets it. As, But, I mean, all good jokes have a little bit of truth, I guess. Yeah. But it seems like a joke to me. But, yeah. Um, I guess you could say, like, it is for some people, like, one of the most, like, pure senses of them, like, expressing themselves in a way that they love to do, you know, whatever that may be. Um, So, yeah, I guess, like, there is, like, some, quote, truth to that, but, like, overall, that just makes me laugh. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I I don't, I thought, because I remember that quote, but I thought it was a a little differently, like, um, like, Halloween is... I don't know. I knew it was something costume related, but I didn't think it. I remember the tweet being like anti-Halloween, and this sounds this tweet sounds like it's it's pro-Halloween. So I don't I don't think I really like Kanye for that. But I just hate. I think this kind of stemmed from being a kid and being like very easily scared. Like I've never been a scary movie person. Um, so like going into like those spirit Halloween stores <laughs> and just like getting scared shitless from the displays when I was like a really little kid, yeah, um, has kind of like embedded this like fucking hatred for Halloween and Halloween stores, um, which I don't like because I feel like it can tend to make me a little bit of a party pooper around this time of year. But I love fall, you know, like I love ev- pretty much everything else about fall. Um, Oh, I can't even front, dude. I had a pumpkin coffee today. I was digging it. Yeah. I I would say the same. I had um well, I don't drink coffee, but I know like like pumpkin spice is huge around this time and everything like that. Um I know either last Halloween or the Halloween before one of my uncles he 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 um he had been brewing his own beers for for a couple of years at the time, and he had, he made this one pumpkin beer, and it was it was pretty good, from what I remember. But I think he also added, it wasn't cinnamon, but it was some kind of pumpkin flavoring powder or something. Right, it's something that is generally goes with pumpkin. Yeah, that you sort of you know how with margaritas you like salt the rim or whatever. Right. I think it was something like that. Yeah. With the yeah, powder, yeah. but I just remember that being pretty good. But yeah, fall fall is definitely my favorite time of the year, and I mean after Halloween, then we got Thanksgiving and. All that. Yeah, I love Thanksgiving, spending time with family. Always a good thing. And, I mean, I'm definitely a football guy, so uh, this time of year definitely speaks to me in that way. But And just the cold weather in general. But, 
yeah, I'm never going to get on someone for being obsessed with fall. Just I do get on people for being obsessed with Halloween, but I think that's just because I don't like it. Yeah, nah, nah. I feel you, bro. Halloween is, like I said, it's overrated. I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, I think so. I think this is, um, I think we did a pretty good job today. And I, I think, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to put this episode out. Yeah. I think we, uh, have officially finished the first episode of the podcast. Should we name drop? I think so. You can do the honors. All right, everyone. So, uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Good Fridays podcast and, uh, stay tuned for some, some more content coming your way and we, we look forward to having everybody join us for the ride. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Any last minute shout outs? Man, shout out. No, I don't think so. Shout out, actually shout out. I will shout out, uh, the beef podcast. Um, for my boys started this podcast a few weeks ago and, uh, I think it's four or five weeks ago now. And I know it motivated me to sort of get me and CJ thinking that we needed to, to get our podcast moving. Cause I know he's been wanting to do one for a few years and them getting theirs going and they're, they're doing it in a pretty professional manner, really, uh, mo- motivated us to want to do the same thing. Yeah. Shout out those boys. Um, boys expressing emotions and feelings. Yeah. Shout out to them. And then on, on Instagram, uh, you can check out their Instagram at, um, I think it's the B period E period E period F podcast. Um, so go give them a follow and they drop their podcast on Thursday. So go tap in with them and shout out to PFT with this last line. Love you guys. Peace.